Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 129. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. And of course, Ian. Hey. And uh, our only object on the show, Terry. Objectify me. <laughs> and of course, the dumbass himself. Hey, you. Don't be silly. Put a condom on your willy. <laughs> Excellent advice. Excellent advice. How's everybody doing this evening? Great. Pretty good. Decent. Doing all right. Moderately, moderately neato. Moderately neato. Excellent. Hey, I climbed over 3,000 feet today in 34 miles. That's pretty good. You guys have to make impressed sounding noises. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. It was beautiful outside. <laughs> I had it was beautiful outside. And they were all Aldo's. Oh, yeah, well. All right. Well, so what do we got here? We got, uh, do we have any announcements? AnomalyCon. For our Colorado, Denver area-based fans, or even a little further out because it's well worth coming in for, on March 27th, 28th, and 29th, I will be at AnomalyCon, which will be at the Hyatt in the Denver Tech Center. Um, AnomalyCon is a steampunk convention, although they do basically cover all areas of fandom, but they're primarily steampunk. It is run by our former guest, um, Kronda. Hopefully I'll remember her from our Women's Issue podcast a few months back. She was um, fabulous. Yes, yeah, she's actually pretty cool to meet. See Ian, get his autograph, throw eggs, whatever. And actually, my, my cool thing, because I'm running the Doctor Who trivia this year, I have contacted Geek Fuel. They are a Denver-based um, subscription box uh, company. If you don't know what subscription boxes are, you basically um, sign up, and every month you will get a mystery box with something in it. Um, and there are hundreds of them I found out. It's amazing what's yeah. out there. But Geek Fuel is a geek-based subscription box, so they do geeky stuff. And they have given me vouchers for prizes. So mm -hmm. the first place um, winners for both my sessions will receive a free Geek Fuel box. All right. And second place will get a $10 off voucher. So it's actually, I, I have some real cool prizes this year for my Doctor Who trivia. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And Brian and Baxter will be there with yep. the Rocky Mountain Paranormal. And um, Dr. Karen. Yes. Stoles now. Yes. She will be there as well. So there will be some um, skeptic programming going on. Excellent. Well, we'll see. Okay. Well, we better get into it because we've got a lot of stuff going on. So it's time. For the masturbation moment. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> the Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So the first oh, thing we've yeah. got is a is a lovely um, utility. <laughs> yes, and what is the feature that uh, you would say has been like? Oh my God, this has been missing from our vibrators for like forever. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, I know a USB port. <laughs> I think we can probably find that somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, it's got to be a camera. I mean, what else? Of course. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, first, let's let, before well, let's let that dumbass tell us a little bit about this this vibrator. Okay, you want to send your lover a picture of the inside of your vagina, and you and you just thought to yourself, if only, if only I could send my lover a picture of the inside of my vagina. The one thing missing. Well, now, today. now your your prayers have been answered. So, okay, so what we've got here is a vagina or is a, a vibrator that's about four inches long. What is it, two and a half inches uh, circumference or I, diameter? What's the what average? is it? I, I, I don't know. Anyway, so it's. It doesn't look that thick to me. Yeah, I mean, it's. Maybe an inch or so. I think it's on the bell curve of normal. I think right. Isn't, isn't it two and a half inch circumference? I don't know. Uh, oh, my God. I'm forgetting my geometry. I'm pulling it up. So the average okay. man's length. <laughs> Sorry. That's later. Go yeah. Ahead. No. Oh, but okay. Anyway, so it's not it's not a huge vibrator. It looks like it's a reasonable size. And it is uh, one of the nice things about it is that it's uh, chargeable. And so you charge it for about an hour and a half and you get eight hours of use. 
So that's not too bad. Wow. You know, it has rechargeable. So you're not going and buying batteries for it. So that's a plus, right? And uh, it, it's, uh, but it also happens to have, uh, it, well, it has five different modes that it works in. And then it has, uh, a different, you know, you can turn the intensity up and down. And, and so those, those are your basic vibrator functions that it has. I think I saw something about being able to vary the length as well. Uh, n- not the <laughs> length. No. You could, uh, it's four inches. It's, it's you not... don't have to put it all in. No, absolutely not. We know the, whatever length yeah. you'd like. Use whatever length well, of it that you would like. It, it is four inches. And, but what it also happens to have is. Oh, uh, decrease the strength. Never mind. Right. Distract, yeah. Exactly. I misread that word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Please, I'm in the middle of my sales pitch, people. Sorry, sorry. It also happens to have an LED light and a camera so you can see the inside of your vagina. Okay, so as someone who has actually seen the inside of her vagina, can I tell you that it's not all that exciting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what that is to see the inside there because I Especially once you got something really up in there, it's like, is it really going to look like anything? You know, it... you know what was beautiful was I saw the inside of my uterus once, and that is gorgeous. That was just just amazing. But uh, you know, if you, you know, help me I, find I'm... my car keys, we can drive out. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to to think of uses for this. I, I guess if you like uh, run it along uh, the inside of the lips and, and up and down, you. You send it to your man, and your man can pretend either like you're a giant woman or he's a tiny man, <laughs> and that he's <laughs> he's the the only moving his way through between, and you know rubbing up against your clitoris or whatever. <laughs> I can't. I don't the only know possible use I can think of. Okay, and this is me, but the only possible benefit I can think of on this is for one of the late night comedy shows to set up Vagcam. Uh, okay. Here's the thing. At home, I'm not sure why this would be necessary, but maybe for in a uh, clinical setting, you would like to measure the contraction of the uh, vagina during orgasm. But you don't need a camera for that. Well, but you, I think I think they've already taken pictures of that. They have. They uh, have the actually done that. Setting. Yeah, they absolutely sure. have done this, where they use yeah. the camera on a vibrator to do exactly that. Okay. Yeah. But now you can get one for yourself. Now you can have one at home. I hope it has um, picture stabilization. <laughs> what's, the, what's the pixel quality of this? I, I does not say. Is it video or still? Uh, I or, think you can do either. I, I think that ah. you, you can capture a video. Hey, you know what would be fun? Just carrying this around with you, with you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just to take pictures of things. <laughs> just like, <laughs> hey, uh, that's a new right. family Oh, camera. hold on. I need to get a picture of this. <laughs> Well, it doesn't look obviously like a vibrator to me. It just looks like a stick with a light at the end, kind of. I don't know. Uh, it looks like a smooth LED flashlight. Yeah, there you go. It does. It looks like a flashlight. It's waterproof. It's more penis shaped. Yeah, well. Cool. Honestly, you have to really be looking to make that penis shaped. <laughs> I'm very disappointed that she doesn't actually um, show us a demonstration of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Now that you think of that, Maybe we need to talk a little bit about the harm of pornography. <laughs> and when I say we, I mean Russell Brand. So what I'm going to do now is play, I don't know, uh, um, I, I'll figure out where I'm going to stop this. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm going to try and I'm going to play a minute or so of, of this uh, and and we'll go from there and, and, and see what now we Now you're get. not going to be cherry picking what he says, right? No, I'm not going to. There's no need. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Let's play. I, I'm gonna say it'll be a minute or so. We'll see how 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 it goes. What does softcore porn do to us? And what does porn in general do to both men and women and the way we relate to each other? Or the way that all adults relate to each other? I suppose the undercurrent of this is, right, sex is something we're all interested in because of biological programming, but our attitudes towards sex have become warped and perverted and have deviated from its true function as an expression of love and a means for procreation because our acculturation, the way we have designed it and expressed it, has become really, really confused. I heard Okay. Oh, I should have paused that. Hold on. The word acculturation is not right there, by the way. That's not <laughs> yeah. the correct usage of it. Acculturation is actually the stripping of culture from another another uh, culture. 
some of the sure? rigidities. I am sure. I am I've, from anthropology class in college. Acculturation <laughs> means to take the culture away from somebody else. Okay, so but right. the interest that's interesting. But I I was uh, what he says sex is for is what I find interesting. This idea that I mean he he specifically refers it as being for procreation. Um, expression of love and a means of procreation. Right. So it's only okay. supposed to be done between two people who are really in love with each other. Right. And um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you – I think you're reading into it when you say only between two people who are really in love with each other. I don't think I, – I don't think he's actually saying that it's a monogamous relationship because it's Russell Brand. Well, but he is saying that it's supposed to be about uh, love. About love. Is an expression of love, but I think he's probably a lot closer in – he comes across as being a lot closer to polyamorous in his outlook from the way he represents himself than he does to anything else. But what he well, said – you know, uh, later in the video, he does kind of lament saying that uh, he believes that porn has had a negative influence on him and the way he – um, interacts with women, so uh, maybe bunch. he believes okay. that maybe he's repenting his polyamorous nature. Well, let's keep going. But why don't we he, keep going? He is, and if that's the case, then he's welcome to that opinion. Sure. Well, let's let's keep going. Has become really, really confused. I heard a quote from a priest that said, "Pornography is not a problem because it shows us too much. It's a problem because it shows us too little." I don't think what that priest meant is he would like to see more gynecological and more sort of filthy shots of things. I think what he was saying is that pornography reduces the spectacle of sex to a, a kind of extracted physical act. There's a lot of statistics here that we've got about pornography. The Journal of Adolescent Health talk about the effects of prolonged exposure to porn, including an exaggerated perception of sexual activity in society. Yeah, I think that a bit. Diminished trust between intimate couples. I get that sometimes. The abandonment of hope of sexual monogamy. Sometimes I wonder if it's possible. The belief that promiscuity is the natural state. I don't want to have that belief because I, I was obsessed with porn when I was a teenager. And it was nostalgic mad stuff that makes me sound old now. We had to find magazines places and steal things from under beds so living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on wi-fi it's inconceivable what it must be like okay so i like that uh that analogy icebergs of filth <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so but that's part of the part of the thing here is that so he's referring to pornography as filth so he already he already sees it as being filth so when he if he's watching it he's 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 getting that 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 negative feedback yeah, yeah that's true and he, he did he make a comment about that elsewhere in the video where he was saying that he doesn't feel like when he closes the laptop after looking at pornography <clears throat> that it's been time well spent well, uh, well, and here's the other thing that he says um, is that it is um, that basically by watching pornography you can get a skewed um, vision of what of what sex is, and that that's true of any piece of fiction. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, yeah. The the thing about it is that um, when you say skewed vision, you've got to say what you think the true version of what that should be, and okay. then that is an argument that I think is based just a lot on personal beliefs. Well, and not on any objective well, truth in any way. We know society-wise that what we um, present as a society as perverted and um, sexual is going to be what helps you know become perverted and sexual. In a society where um, those exact same actions are presented as every day, people are going to you know oh okay whatever the the, the um, she's giving him a blowjob. Okay, hope he enjoys it and moves on. Right. So it's a, it's so, a judgment call more than anything. But I yeah. think that there is a there is some stuff where you where pornography doesn't, you know, is is pornography sex isn't necessarily real sex, oh. right? And so I think that there is the there you have to be aware of that. But you also have to be aware that when you watch vampire movies that there are no such thing as vampires. I mean, this right. is an awareness <laughs> issue, not not an issue with porn so much. Which yeah, yeah, the sparkly ones. That's the thing that my main point on this that that I, that I would like to emphasize is that um, porn is just an expression of sexual fantasies. Um, it's an expression just like uh, an expression of any other type of fantasy. So if you want to say that uh, do that porn is bad, you have to either argue that it's bad to have these sexual fantasies or that it's bad to express these sexual fantasies. Right. I and, think and, the question the question that comes to that, to mind with that is. 
is porn the cause or is porn just a symptom? Right. That That's another thing. Terry, go Terry. I was just going to say that I think that it's also talking about pornography collectively. Everybody defines it differently, right? And there's a yeah. spectrum. And maybe there's some stuff that I would agree with Russell Brand on is total filth. But then there's stuff that maybe isn't exploitive or is consensual or whatever, where the, you know, or female centric or whatever it is that I think is okay to be porn. Well, if it's, if it's pornography, then it is filth. If it's anything other than filth, then it's erotica. Well, wait a second. Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> That's loaded. <laughs> now, I actually looked up this study um, that uh, he quotes here. And oh, good. It's behind, a, it's behind a paywall, so I was only t- able to get the abstract. And it, it's hard to see uh, from the abstract exactly what they did. Or uh, It seems to be more of a thing they're saying what we know about porn. And uh, it might be an opinion piece. I don't know. I can't see. Um, exactly what they're quoting on this. They um, they seem to be concerned about uh, uh, sexual. Um, uh, what's the word they used? Well, uh, promiscuity. Uh, sexual callousness was the word they used. Okay. Sexual callousness. They they are concerned about sexual callousness in young men, and uh, their impression is that it's increasing. Although I don't uh, I don't know that I agree with that or that I've seen any evidence on that. What do they mean by that? I think what they mean. Uh, is generally um, that uh, they see sex as uh, that that the, something that they can uh, they they feel like it's important enough that they can exploit people and you know do more immoral things. Uh, I'm, I get that impression anyway, but yeah. I don't know. The other thing that he said was that the um, that porn is changing the idea that the it isn't supposed to be about monogamy and it's supposed to be about promiscuity and. Once again, those are value judgments. Um, and who says that sex has to be about monogamy? And and this goes back to what you were what you were talking about there, Mac. Is that you know that he might have had a more um, pluralistic view uh, of of sex and love, but according to what he just says, even if he does have it, he doesn't like it and he thinks it's wrong. Yeah, which is is that you know I, I guess you could I guess what he's saying is that he's a secret romantic, but uh, again, that's his prerogative to be. We have set – our society has set monogamy up as the ideal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our society well, I, I has think, set I up the – our society has set up the Disney princess, uh-huh. handsome handsome prince thing as the ideal. Yeah, happily ever after. I yeah. think it's important that we as a society um, get rid of these uh, notions that we can judge people based on how they choose to explore their sexuality. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Let's listen to a little more like to be a young adolescent boy now with this kind of access to porn it must be dizzying and exciting but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about in fact jill manning the sociologist says the upper limits of the impact of this amount of porn have yet to be fully realized because these people haven't reached sexual maturity but i think my own relationship with pornography is kind of the hub of my feelings of inner conflict and doubt. I know that pornography is wrong, but I shouldn't be looking at it. Lots of people that are working in it are doing so because of the wrong reasons, desperation, self-doubts. I'm sure there's loads of people that work in porn and go, hey, I love it, but there's a general feeling, isn't there, in your core if you look at pornography, that this isn't what's the best thing for me to do. This isn't the best use of my time now. I don't put that laptop lid down and think, there! What a productive piece of time spent connecting with the world. So that that is right there is pretty telling about it, uh, about him well, as a person. Yeah. Well, one of the things he almost is saying is that someone basically convinced him that that's what it sounds to me. And someone convinced him that um, porn was bad, and you know, right. most likely it sounds like he almost had a talk with him or something, pointing out that all your problems stem from pornography. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't look at pornography and think I'm doing something bad or something, or watching something I shouldn't be watching. I don't have that kind of a, no, um, no. A relationship with pornography. But I would say oh, that the pieces that where he's saying, uh, you know, people being exploited, I, I'm not, I'm not in favor of people being exploited, right? That the, uh, but if it's consensual and and they and they want to make a pornography video, right? Oh. The, the, I think that's fine. I can't watch it. I can't watch a video and know if somebody was exploited. It's the it's a problem. My yeah. problem is what he said was that it's particularly about male adolescent boys being mm. faced by this. It's like the girls are just incidental. What the fuck are we floating in the ether? Like we don't get to watch you're, porn, or we're not affected. Where women don't watch porn, the yeah. women are pure and oh. innocent and virginal. Only, only truly, truly evil women. 
watch and enjoy porn. Didn't you know that? <laughs> There's women in the videos, and then the rest of it doesn't matter. Well, the women in the videos are just whores. Right. No, yeah. no that's that's a huge problem, right? I mean, but the other thing is, is this idea that we don't know what the upper limit of the damage is. We don't know that there's any damage to begin with. So this, so the statement, I, I don't know, I don't know where he got that or who that person is. Um, did you look that one up, dumbass? The well, which one? The, the one that he was damage? just, yeah, the, the one, yeah, the sociologist. What? Um, I, I didn't look up this the specific sociologist he mentioned. I assumed it was uh, from the study that he was talking about. Maybe I, I yeah maybe he's maybe he has the whole study. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. I mean, number one, we, pornography addiction is not in the DSM, and it's interesting where he with the the parts where he's being honest and he's talking to like the well this is my problem. I, I think is I think that that is probably you know closer to the truth. Yeah, that, that's legit. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. And I would, I would buy that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and he says, you know, uh, he doesn't feel like it was time well spent when he's been looking at porn, and I feel the same way about anything that I do on the internet when I'm just goofing off and doing something for fun. Yeah, is Breaking Bad time well spent? I mean, well, but yeah. that, that's a good point. Is that, I'll, I'll well, be what he's what he specifically references in there is, I've not spent time connecting with other people, okay. and I can agree yeah. with him on that, which is that. You know, if you're doing anything alone and you're isolating yourself that much, you could you could be spending that time at connecting with other people. Yeah, but so now, what? If you, if you have cyber sex with somebody online, um, <laughs> is is that considered porn? Does that count? That counts as connecting, doesn't it? You know, here's I the... would say it counts as it counts as connecting with another yeah. person. Right, but you may not and, know and what I that person it, it... looks like, or even if what they what they represent themselves even remotely close to their actual gender, but it is connecting with another human being. Right, but so yeah. what if and I, and I would so what? That that's porn. Yeah. So what if you're not connecting with another human being? Who the hell cares? I spend enough time connecting with the, uh, with other human beings. Sometimes I yeah. I just want to do something for myself. Basically, okay. as long and as you're there's out... nothing wrong with that either. Right. As long as you're out there connecting, then that's not your whole life. Right, exactly. But it, once it, again, there, that, that, that's a different problem than yeah. pornography. Right. So I'm wondering if, again, with the labeling thing, just to belabor that point, I'm wondering if sometimes pornography, the label pornography, gets used as code for masturbation. Yeah, it could be. Here's Especially the with the not connecting with other people. Like, is no. he feeling guilty about the masturbation, or is he feeling guilty about the porn that he uses to masturbate to? Or I don't know. I and, don't know. What but parts of this the, are the, the symptom, and what parts are the cause? But with the connecting with other people, it doesn't need to be porn. I mean, people can lose themselves in YouTube sure. without seeing a single bit of porn. And mm-hmm. you know, and YouTube is a rabbit hole. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For ages, we've been able to uh, lose ourselves in a good book. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So this it's this idea that that is a problem is fallacious. Right. Agreed. All right. Let's let's do we just hear some more. When you uh, when you you're using the term fallacious, are you saying it's wrong, or are you saying it's shaped like a penis? Now he's saying it induces fallacy. Over myself, yeah. I would never look at pornography again. One day at a time, I'd kick it out of my life. And one of the reasons mm. that I sense that pornography isn't good for me as an individual is because of this. Uh, the, the kind of conclusions reached by Gary R. Brooks, who's uh, observed the comp- consumption of soft core pornography, like Playboy. He talked about the five main symptoms of looking at soft core porn. But soft core porn really is everywhere. Fifty Shades of Grey is soft core porn. TV adverts, billboards are full of soft core. Porn. And here are some of the effects of this, uh, the, the symbolism of this culture. Voyeurism, an obsession with looking at women rather than interacting with them. I do that sometimes. I just think, that woman looks beautiful. I don't think, oh, I hope she gets on well with her dad. I hope she doesn't have diabetes. What's she like as a soul, as another person here? How we think about that about other people. (laughs) Objectification, an attitude in which women are objects, right, by size, shape, harmony of body parts. Guilty of that all of the time. Because, you know, I've been acculturated and trained to. This is something that I work on. Like, no, come on. Still using that word wrong. Equal human beings. Okay. Biological drive to procreate is connected with a culture of objectification. That's a very hard equation to break. Okay. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, I don't think we need softcore porn to be, you know, to look at someone of the opposite sex and think whether or not you find them attractive. No. Here's now, the thing. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, listening to him talk, he doesn't need pornography to to have all of those problems. No, <laughs> he can't. I've, I've actually looked up uh, this Gary R. Brooks. He wrote a book 
uh, on the subject. Actually, in 1995, and this was before even the internet was a big thing. Uh, well, actually, it was just starting uh, starting to be a big thing, but I assume he was writing it before the internet was a really big thing. Um, he, he wrote a book called, let me find this here, it's called The Centerfold Syndrome, How Men Can Overcome Objectification and Achieve Intimacy with Women. And uh, from the name of the book, I guess you, you can see that it's more about centerfolds rather than internet stuff. So, you know, this, if we take this as at face value, they're saying that this goes far back beyond um, just uh, the internet, uh, that uh, the access to this kind of stuff was uh, ruining our youth um, for like ages since we've had centerfolds. But once more, I... You you walk through life. You meet someone of the opposite sex. Someone you're. You, you, I I do this all the time. I, I look at them without knowing them and automatically think, do I find them attractive? I That's never look at any person, man or woman, and think, oh, I hope that person doesn't have diabetes. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have never so, thought, actually, maybe I have thought that once. Who know. doesn't look at the opposite sex and think, am I attracted to that person? Is that someone I'd be with physically? Even yeah, fully, of oh, course. It's like no, you think of that because it's natural. We don't have yeah, control I look, I look over at that. Women's butts. When I when I am out, if I see a nice you, butt. I'm like nice butt. You know, exactly. Don't objectify at a specific level. It's right. like you know, if that's all you do, that's a problem. But people you don't know, you will look at them and say, "Hey, would I nail that?" Yes, I would. <laughs> I don't think in those terms, but I do admire a woman's body. <laughs> Dumbass. So I have to. I guess the question I have to ask you is. Is it the situation that your anaconda don't want none unless she's oh got none? Oh my nuns god! On? <laughs> that, is, that is the situation. Is that a Nicki Minaj <laughs> reference? Now, is that what that is? That's yeah. the Nicki you Minaj. You kind of cut it yeah. off after after three of the things he has five, but uh, the first two, uh, I think, are essentially the same thing: voyeurism and objectification, both uh, looking at a woman's attractiveness rather than. Um, anything else about them. You know, uh, I think those could be combined into one. Sure. This goes back category. to the free will discussion, right? Do we have any control over the fact that we do that? And I think the answer is no. When and we look at somebody, we autom- well, that's something we automatically do. In fact, there was a study done not too long ago where they showed that to judge a person took like microseconds, not even a full second. If somebody showed you a picture, you made a judgment of them whether you realized it or not. So once again, this is not a symptom of pornography. This is... um. Uh, it's being human. Yeah. 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 And, and I would like to point out something about uh, p- people are always talking about porn and how it objectifies women. And, and I'm thinking to myself that uh, the purpose of a sexual fantasy is for sexual gratification. And as porn is an expression of a sexual fantasy, it, it seems to me um, pretty much appropriate that the pornography would concentrate on the aspects uh, of this interaction involving sexual gratification to the exclusion of other factors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is what they're selling is, is objectification. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and re- I mean, we talk about it because it's a lot of porn has been um, catered to the male, dem- male sure. demographic. Yeah. But I think if we had more porn for women, it would be less objectifying to women because there might be some good porn for straight women or, you know. Might be some dudes out there. You know, this, I, I, I agree with that. And I also got to, but also you have to find the market for it, right? right. It, 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 at, the, at some point, even like when we're talking about the, the comic books and stuff like that, if there's not a market for it, why would you make it? Exactly. So, so it, they have to go hand in hand, right? So if the market's there, then they should, then they should cater to it. I, I, uh, well, maybe the Fifty Shades of Gray stuff will open up the market. Maybe it will. Absolutely. It's okay yeah. for women to like. Well, and maybe that's another. Maybe that's a different sociological piece. Is that it's not okay for women to like porn? So, right. the, so the market has never been able to evolve. And maybe if we change that piece of it, maybe then it'll evolve just fine. And women aren't demanding okay. it so, because we're not supposed to like it. Right. Exactly. Well, I tell you something. Oh, sorry. No. Go ahead. I was just going to say when I have a sexual fantasy. I don't, you know, try to gauge the woman in my sexual fantasies or women. There could be more than one in my sexual fantasies. I don't try to gauge their intelligence, what their personality is like, or, you know, uh, whether, you know, like whether they're having a tough time at home or, you know, what their hobbies are. That's not the purpose of my sexual fantasy. Right. 
Do you check to see that, if, that, have, if they have diabetes in your sector? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got to say, some guys I've objectified in the past, you know, I've objectified them until they opened their mouths, and then I was like, oh, you are dumb as a box of rocks. Well, I that's can't. okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, all the more reason for these people to keep their mouths shut. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right, let's, let's do a little bit more here. Validation, the need to validate masculinity through beautiful women. This is something that I've suffered from terribly. Trophies and the idea that beautiful women are collectibles who show the world what a man is. Oh no, I've done that before. Fear of true intimacy, inability to relate to women in an honest and intimate way despite deep loneliness. Oh God! Pornography exalts man's sexual need over his need for sensuality and intimacy. I think because I've been exposed to such a lot of pornography from such a young age, it's clear that those phenomena, I personally relate to them. You know, sometimes you read in Facebook, now that's a lot of codswallop. Me, pornography is not something I like. It's something that I haven't been able to make a long-term commitment to not looking at, and it's affecting my ability to relate to women, to relate to myself, my own sexuality, my own spirituality. So a film like Fifty Shades of Grey, even if it's from a female perspective, hey, it's only a problem when we have women's porn, yeah? <laughs> uh, men's porn's no problem. No, men's porn a problem as well. Pornography is like trying to solve the problem of racism by inventing a word for black people to call white people that's equally as bad as the N-word. Cracker or honky? <laughs> now it sounds like here he's just um, trying to come up with an excuse for his own issues. Exactly. Uh, he's yeah, a famous yeah, yeah. guy that has women flocking to him. Yeah, he, the, the temptation's there. Don't try and blame porn for you not being able to control your junk. <laughs> Well, here's my here's my thought on the whole Russell Brand piece and where we found it. Well, uh, we I was gonna it. hold on. Oh, I, I was gonna say we should wait to about where it, where it came from till the end. I do want to get to that, but it, I was gonna it wait was originally we... posted okay. on Russell yeah. Brand's uh, right. YouTube account, but they, they kind of took it. Right, exactly. So, okay. I, I, so I do want to get there, Mac, but I I, I just want to finish it before we get there. Oh, Is that okay? Confusion, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm being a little bit a little controlling here, huh? Bring us to completion. All right, let's let's okay, let's just let's just let's just finish it out and so that we can finish this discussion. Well, the direction we should be going in is how can we understand our sexuality? How can we express it lovingly in harmony with the principles that it's there to demonstrate procreation and sensual love between consenting adults? The sort of cloud of pornographic information and even soft cultural smog like Fifty Shades of Grey and dumb adverts for lollipops and stuff is making it impossible for us to relate to our own sexuality, our own psychology and our own spirituality because this powerful primal resource whenever it's plugged in it's jarring and distracting I think what it is is the circuit in the mind that's connected to sexuality moves very very quickly the, the circuit in the mind that's connected to love and compassion is a little bit slower so if you're constantly bombarded with great waves of filth it's really difficult to remain connected to truth so I suppose what we can do is go and see Fifty Shades of Grey or look at pornography do what you've got to do but try to have an idea of what you want from loving relationships and what you want from sexuality. Do have a lovely weekend. I'm going to just shut this laptop now before it causes me any more problems. So that's some true news. Subscribe here. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think he's yeah. finished up with one of the most brilliant things he said. Figure out what you want from right. it. Right. Which, which is fine. But here's the thing is that one of the things that he keeps saying is that he, he keeps like is an expression think, of, think, of society, yeah. right? It's, it's not yeah. like, it's not like, it's not the other way around. It's not like we say, hey, this porn is what we're going to influence society with. No, and society influences the type of porn because we go looking for the type of porn that, that makes us feel titillated, not the other way. We don't go looking for porn to, uh, that we don't find interesting. Well, no, right. you you were the one that told me about two girls and a cup, and I, <laughs> if I knew what that was about, I would never have uh, measured it down. Okay, so that is porn, but it is but it is not a turn on, <laughs> not for oh, me. No. Oh, it's yeah. But here's the thing: it's it's a reflection, right? It's it's a mirror. It's it's not it's not setting the tone, right? Well, and he says that pornography makes it impossible for us to relate to our own sexuality. I feel quite the opposite. I feel like um, showing more expressions of sexual fantasies and telling people that these kinds of fantasies are okay and permissible and uh, we, uh, we should engage and discover what we like in a sexual way. I believe that makes it easier for us to relate to our own sexuality. Right. And well, at the end, he says, you know, find your own sexuality. Well, 
exploring porn helps you find your own sexuality. Right. Sure. You, you know, you look through a variety and say that turns me on. That doesn't. Wow. I want to try that if I ever get the chance. Right. So ultimately, we can say that pornography is bad for Russell Brand. He clearly has identified <laughs> it as a problem. And we can leave it at that if it wasn't for where we found this. And where do we find this, Mac? We found this on LifeSite, which is a, uh, well, I, 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 based upon what I'm seeing here, it looks like this is a Christian site. It, it very likely. I, I don't know. But what I do know is it says, click here if you say no to porn. So this is this is so clearly these people have a bias that we put it on, which is fine, right? I mean that it's their site, but they're using this video that says Russell Brand destroys porn in one of the most jaw-dropping, awesome rants ever. Well, uh, here's the thing: I don't think he eviscerated porn; he eviscerated it for himself, right? He identified it as being problematic in his life for him. Yes, I absolutely agree. But to take that as a judgment on everybody else, I don't think that what he what he's shown here really applies to everybody. It's a category error, right? Exactly. So they're using that, using this video to say, "Hey, listen." Pornography is bad. This man said so. Click here to sign our petition that pornography needs to go away. And you, and I don't know much about this site, Mac. Uh, but looking at looking at the site, it certainly looks like a Christian website, doesn't it? It sure does. I don't know much about this site, and I don't really need to know more. <laughs> well, that that's, that's kind neat. of a yeah. No, and that, that's fine. Yeah, they, they have an article uh, on that page, uh, a lengthy article. Um, I, I went uh, through a little bit of it vilifying pornography there i was gonna say that just made me realize that the kind of what i've been trying to think about is how russell brand and this other site they give pornography an awful lot of power that it doesn't need to have well that's another problem right but here's the thing is that once again this was russell brand on his youtube page talking about pornography for him so my question is how desperate for support is this site that they would reach out for russell freaking brand to <laughs> right to uh, but to boost their position as their expert witness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would kind of like to um, to challenge this more on the evidence that is offered. But like I said, like the one study that was quoted is behind a paywall, and the other is a book um, written, uh, I think, by some sort of psychologist or something. And pro looks to me from what I've been reading, based on uh, case studies of him talking to patients, not any real scientific scientific studies of you know, pornography and its effect on people. Well, and maybe half of the effect is that society makes it taboo still. I think that yeah. that is probably extremely true. Yeah. I find in a lot of cases, it is really easy for people to say, okay, um, this thing that I'm against, ha well, that we're against has these effects on society and list them off. And then it looks like you're listing off nuggets of fact when it's e uh, usually it's either somebody's opinion or maybe just uh, something that they're taking for granted that they haven't really bothered to prove, but it kind of sounds like reasonable like that would flow. And so you just take it for granted and go on from there. And these kind of things often I think need to be challenged. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Challenge yeah. everything. But here's the thing is that once again, this is, you know, he's not an authority on the subject. He's citing an authority, but we, but we question his authority, right? We, we, mm -hmm. because it, because it goes against the norm of all the other research that we've talked about on this podcast, right? And this isn't like the first time we've talked about pornography on this podcast. Like, I, I, as you know, Wait, what, what, we talked about pornography on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And we've talked about oh. many, many p documents of research and stuff like that on this. And, and so this idea, this particular piece that he's talking about, it seems to be like, I don't know. It, it, we haven't come across it. That doesn't mean that it isn't valid. But, man, we've looked at a lot of research, right? He, he arrived at a conclusion in his head about it being a problem, and then he looked for research to back that up. Well, that's probably true, right? He found the sources that, that backed up what he was already feeling about, uh -huh. about the situation. Yeah, and, and uh, we're making a, an assumption there. But he didn't cite, um, a, uh, he didn't cite anything from the other side. Right, saying that that there isn't this issue with pornography that he claims that there is, which and there's a lot of research that shows that we we've we've documented it on uh, before, so we could provide a piece of evidence for every piece of evidence that he's got. I think maybe more. Yeah, and and it's situations like that where you get into um, statistical dueling that right. is often counterproductive. I mean. Uh, it's it's why I think more people should learn how to read studies and understand where information comes from rather than 
just finding ones that uh, support their position and throwing them back and forth. Well, the other thing is that he's he's cherry picking, right? We don't know what the whole thing says either, so we don't know. Maybe he, he uh, we don't know if that's out of context. You know, maybe it is. Yeah. So we don't. So that that's another problem with watching this is that there's no there's no context here. It's hard to say what what how fair he's being to the research. One thing uh, I was lo- looking through the article uh, on the page there, and one thing that uh, they say is that pornography encourages rape. Yeah, and we've heard that before, and that's and we've we've shown stuff ca- counter that, and we've talked about this that if people are able to you know express themselves and watch this stuff, that maybe they might be less likely to go out and do these things right? if they have a if they have a way of uh, of dealing with those feelings. Rape is about power and control. It's also about so, sex. I mean, I don't, not much. If it is, we'll have to look. I disagree. I think it's almost exclusively about power, using sex as a tool for power and control. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can, we could dive into that. That's a different topic. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe people who are looking for power and control watch a lot of pornography because there's a lot of pornography about that. And maybe they're also rapists, but I don't think you can draw a causal arrow no. from one to the other. Yeah. I think there are certain aspects, you know, like, uh, I think maybe there are some people in society, like, um, as certain areas, they have, like, uh, dis- uh, certain cultures have, like, a distinct masculine bias, and then, like, you you got to be a man, you got you got to get the women uh, to show you have status, and people might develop an inferiority complex if they're, if women aren't flocking to them, and I think, uh, I'm a great guy i gotta show my uh my maleness i've gotta uh get get some pussy and maybe that that kind of attitude is the kind that you know they're resentful of not being able to get any and that's what prompts them to go to any means perhaps yeah i, I don't know I, um here's the thing that that's one of the things that he that russell brand said is that this was a status thing for him right getting getting the getting the the good-looking women and such katie perry katie perry exactly yeah case in point and you know, for me, it, it's never been that kind of a status symbol to you know to have a woman that's you know a trophy wife, if you will. You just appreciate uh, trophy wives. Yeah. That it's incidental that she's a trophy wife. Oh, I've mine. Yeah, that yeah, my, it's yes. incidental that mine's a trophy wife. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's what I was trying to get. Yeah, you to exactly. Say. No, I didn't pick her for that. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a happy. I just, I just got lucky. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that goes to me, obviously. California attorney files for ballot initiative seeking to have all gays executed. Yeah, you want to talk about, you know, seeing our country headed for some scary area. Luckily, I have no doubt this will never pass. I but, think this is a headline grab. Yeah. But um, Matthew D. McLaughlin actually has started the process. He's paid the $200 fee. And now he has to collect approximately 365,000 signatures to put the measure um, before California voters on the upcoming ballot. Uh, it, it, it sounds more like a publicity stunt because I, I, I can't picture anyone actually thinking this could make it through as an actual law. But it, it, the opening thing in it, it, it says, The people of California widely command in the fear of God that any person who willingly touches another person of the same gender for purposes of sexual gratification be put to death by bullets to the head or by other conventional method. Any other convenient method. Convenient. This has got to be a joke, right? It's got to be a joke. No, I, I, I really think this is a headline grab. Well, he I, paid I, his 200 bucks for some free publicity. He's going to make a statement. I, I don't think he believes this could ever make it as a law. No, of course he doesn't. But That's not it, the point. I think that it, Max's right. It, it, it's just sick and sad that he has. He feels he needs to can do this because it's. I mean, it's messed up. It's got to be a joke. He calls it buggery, isn't that? Buggery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that word. Please tell me this is this is just a poe. Somebody, please. I, I wish I could believe that, but I. The people out there that are this messed up that, you know, we've seen it before, you know, time and time again. These people honestly believe that the Bible justifies this kind of thing to pr- to um, pr- preserve this Here. Christian nation that has been created by God. We have got to do, you know, extreme stuff like this needs to be suggested at least, if he, not followed through. He has a history of this kind of stuff. In 2004... McLaughlin filed a California ballot measure to put the King James Bible in the hands of public school students as a textbook. 
as a yeah. as a literal text. He has a history of this stuff. He 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 knows he knows this isn't going to go through. He's done this stuff before. Um, McLaughlin most recent bill seems to be ignored uh, to the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court rules. So I mean, it it, it can't go anywhere, and yeah. he's aware of that. But he's done this before. He's an attention grabber. Has he done all of his stuff in California? Because probably because he's out of California. Yeah, or, I'm, or... I'm just gonna say that California is the like the least likely place that he could get that thing passed. Well, I mean, look at Prop Eight, though. You you would think that that Prop Eight would be the in the same situation, but it wasn't. Yeah. It just depends on the area. I mean, there's this, yeah. They keep trying to at least get attention to this kind of stuff. And the sad thing is we all know that, uh, especially right now with the Supreme Court saying they will officially rule on gay marriage here within um, the, the, next, the next sessions, we know the end result is going to be it's just going to be legalized and accepted. There are these messed up people, and we see this all the time. We start with um, slavery. We start with um, equal rights. We've seen it every time we turn around where we have this group of idiot conservatives that are going to fight tooth and nail, waste money, waste time, waste resources to fight these losing battles where you just know that, yeah, it's not helping anything. You know, state your opinions, that's fine. But to um, put these battles up there that are just ridiculous. Yeah, that's how the system works. It's, yeah. it's You know what? This is perfectly valid for him to do this. It's still well, a sad example. Though, well, but but, but but I mean, this yeah. is, our our system is designed so that you know, as a part of him having his his free speech rights, that he can he can do this, and yeah, he and was I, and he was willing to pay the money, and if he's willing to go out and you know collect all the signatures and then have it rejected, that you know that's his call. Yeah, it's his call, but still, you know, we, we all know within the next few years, gay marriage is going to be legalized and accepted, and you know. We don't actually know that. I mean, yes, that that, that at, looks at this like point, yeah, it's pretty oh, oh, definite. Well, the I, states I, are falling like dominoes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying, but we don't know that for sure. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know what roadblocks could be put in 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 our way. Right. Just like we're, I'm also pretty sure that within our lifetime, um, marijuana will be legalized across the board. Yeah. But that's another thing. You know, wait and see how the roadblocks pop up. It's another, and that's another one of those wasted efforts like stop wasting the money and efforts let's let's focus on stuff that actually makes a difference let let these things that we know are going to happen and are for the best go through it drives me crazy when i see stuff like this because uh, I, I mean seriously the, the money and resources being wasted on this stuff could actually be used in beneficial ways well but we got to think about the kids <laughs> and that's what i'm thinking about i'd much rather see our education system Get the money and resources that are going into fighting these losing battles. We need to protect the morality. Uh. <laughs> All right. Of course, talking about kids, as Mac wanted to move on to the. And I, I seriously. Okay, this one. Okay, the next one is Christian parent is sick of dinosaurs being forced on kids. I thought this article might have been, you know, it, uh, uh, or at least the, the um, people the article's about, you know, it might be a big, you know, put on stuff. So I, I, I did everything I can to look up Christians against dinosaurs. I've watched their videos and stuff. I can find nothing that suggests these people are not serious. Okay. Everything well, suggests this is a real group and they really do believe in this well, stuff. Well, what, tell us what they believe. Uh, the, the lady that does the videos believes that paleontologists are, is a million-dollar industry, and they're, apparently they're raking in the big bucks by going along with the idea that um, fossils are an actual thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, big archaeology is also hiding all the evidence of the aliens. That's true, <laughs> she right? She actually says that in her videos. He claims there's millions of dollars to be found in paleontology because wow. you know paleontologists don't go around begging for money, trying to find grants, trying to find anything they can to keep their work going. They're all millionaires. <laughs> And of course, the culmination of their evil plan was uh, the Jurassic Park trilogy. Yeah. Uh, so at the top of the article, there's a video. In the video, this woman basically shows she knows nothing at all about fossils, about paleontology, about how they actually um, go through and find these fossils. Because she claims that basically all they do is car carve rocks into shapes of bones and then pretend they know. Um, you know how how they fit together. Right, so yes, yeah, she well, thinks don't, that don't, don't don't disregard the fact that 
she says that you basically take a jigsaw puzzle of, of fragments and make sure it ends up looking like a brachiosaurus skull. Yeah. Yes. She claims they're actually chipping it into, like, right. like right. sculpting it. Yes. But she and, starts out right that, 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 that the bone gets replaced with, you know, with, well, no, with The calcium. bone itself doesn't get replaced. The, um, the soft tissue and the organic part within right. the bone gets replaced by minerals. The bone itself is still bone. They're actually you you can to some level you can actually extract DNA from it even depending on how well it was. There preserved. are some soft tissues left too, and yeah. that, that we've been able to find in some fossils. Yeah, but it, it, the, the fossil itself doesn't all just turn to stone. It, no, it, you know, but the, the, much of it does get replaced with calcium. She's yeah. right about that. Yeah, but the, the way she says it, is it just becomes it, it's it's exact same rock as the rock around. It's like no, that's one of the reasons why you can chip away the rock around it and find the bone. I. I I've seen fossils exposed, and they chip at the soft um, stone. It chip, it will um, file away, and there will be an area that clearly is not the same. Well, it, she it, thinks they're carving it when right, they're doing that, exactly. when they're removing yeah. the other material from the fossil. She needs to watch them retrieve fossils. I don't think she's ever done that. The way she oh, does, obviously not. She's no. never. I have. Uh, well, and, it's it's it's. I, I can see where she would get this misconception. It's because the southern term for paleontology is wetland. Okay, right. I made it up actually. I see. Has a whole series of videos. You can um find it, and the, the, all of them are just so lacking an understanding of science. And, and it's not even just a little misunderstanding. Of it. It's completely not knowing the process. Completely not knowing anything at all about it, and just saying, "Oh, you know, that's my proof." She had and, enough information to be dangerous is, is what yes. it was. She didn't have a full understanding of the subject. Not, well, she didn't even have a basic understanding. No. She had a few key points that she made a decision off of from there. Yeah. Uh, those basically, in her video, there was almost no fact. She should go on a dig. Yeah, I mean, the, the but of course she won't. The facts she had were misunderstood. But... I love the way these off people are often like just so indignant about science too. Just like anybody can see that they're actually carving the brachiosaurus skull. It didn't wasn't actually there in the matrix of rock. Right, and her point is that you know she takes those rocks, just put that back together, and then it's like and 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 you know of course you know since you want your paycheck, you're going to make it look like a brachiosaurus. Now the funny thing is at the end. See, also didn't. Let's say you took a vase and you smashed it, and you brought the pieces and say, "Put these back together." Oh, okay. Hey, look, it fits together, makes a vase. You can figure that out with pieces like that, actually. Which is, you know, yeah. unless the random pieces, if the pieces actually had formed something at one time, you can make them resemble something close to that. Admittedly, there'll be missing pieces, and you know, some of the stuff might have um, yeah. turned to powder. But you can make a out of the, a shredded vase. You can make a vase that more or less is close to what it originally was. Well, the other thing is that you can you can reasonably recreate certain pieces, you know, based on the other ones around them. But right. we have put fossils together improperly, you know, skeletons together yes. improperly. I mean, it has happened. I mean, but yeah. that's the nice thing about you know, the more you have, the better statistics you have, and and you know, and, and you the better and the better understanding and the better picture you right. have. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the conspiracy theories theory behind this too, like how many scientists and paleontologists and archaeologists and geologists would have to be in cahoots. Oh, and I don't, yeah, I mean, there's not money in archaeology people. I don't know where she's getting that from. You know, you look, paleontologists, archaeologists, they are begging for money because they want to be um, looking for this stuff, but yeah. there's not that much money to be found doing it. And it's so ridiculous that she uses that point a couple times that, oh, there's millions of dollars that they're yeah. making. It's like, yeah. Paleontology. Don't, don't forget it's big paleontology. Right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Just like I am somewhat impressed wow. that she knows the word paleontologist, and I am somewhat impressed that she knows the word brachiosaurus. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I'm going to read something. What, what is said is what's going to happen to her because the last person who undercovered the undercovered the big paleontology conspiracy – Ended up with their house is a suspiciously foot-shaped crater. <laughs> All right. So the next thing I'm going to read is a, a, a quote from the page, and this is apparently relating a personal story that I think is disturbing on so many levels. The way it ends. Okay. So I am getting sick and tired of dinosaurs being forced on our children. At my children's school, several children were left in tears after one of their classmates, who had evidently been exposed to dinosaurs, became. Bestial-minded and ran around the classroom roaring and pretending to be a dinosaur. 
Then he bit three children on the face. Recently, my sister foolishly gave my two youngest some dinosaur toys for Christmas. After telling her to get out of my house, I burnt the dinosaurs. My children were delighted because they know that dinosaurs are evil. I am fortunate <laughs> that my family has been very supportive and has disowned my children's former aunt. Oh my god. Okay, so god. she burnt some plastic dinosaur toys and exposed her children to toxic fumes. <laughs> well, what's messed up is disown my children's former aunt over dinosaur toys. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, lady? You, 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 your sister. This person I think the aunt is better off out of the family. Yes, I'm right there with you on that. But I, I'm, I'm sitting here. The, the thing about the kid becoming bestially minded because yes. he's been exposed to dinosaurs, is it possible that he became bestially minded because he was a damn toddler? <laughs> that would be my guess, but... Toddlers never bite each other. Never. No, no. no. I like this. Disease is pestilence, and the pestilence is the devil. The devil is germs and disease, which is cancer and any of those things that can take you down. But the truth in the Lord, these things cannot come near you. But if you trust in the, I'm sorry, whew, if you trust in the Lord, these things cannot come near you. So every time you get a damn cold, it's the devil. And, and you want me to believe these have people have never been sick? Sick? It's well, they must not have enough. I mean, they, come on, they're getting sick too. Come Cancer's on. your fault because you didn't trust in God. Yep, that's what she's <laughs> So, no, it, like I said, I, I did do a little more research to try and see if this was all just a big um, hoax and these people were messing with you. I Everything I found said this is a legitimate group that they this is really what they believe and it really uh. all right let's talk about penises oh yeah let me click over here we go the british journal of urology bju <laughs> nice sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> they tried to calculate the average penis length and girth in order to give clinicians and researchers accurate data regarding penis size so there's a CNN article that I linked to. Researchers at King's College in London analyzed data from more than 20 studies with more than 15,000 men who underwent penis size measurements by health professionals using a standardized procedure. So this is much more accurate probably than self-reported penis size surveys. It would help. Uh, the average man's length were 3.61 inches flaccid, 5.17 inches erect. The average circumferences were 3.67 inches flaccid and 4.59 inches erect. Okay, guys, yank him out, get him going, get some rulers going. Let's see who's average. Uh, only 2% of men fell outside the majority of the bell curve on either end, big or small. So it's very, so many guys think that they are not average, and they re actually really are. So chill the hell out. Um, are we talking about erect or? Both. Which okay. length are you measuring at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm listening to your voice, so erect, of course. Oh, erect. Uh, without getting too personal, do these results surprise you? What do you guys think? Do you think it's helpful to have a more accurate average? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, I think that the source that you've got here is too small a voice to counter the voice of society on this. Well, wait, yeah. huh? Wait? The voice is. saying that um, oh. rational thought out stuff like this is never going to stop people from saying you're oh. a small dick guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah that's probably true my other favorite part of the journal article which is not behind a paywall you can go read the whole thing is there's a section called correlation with somatometric parameters where they look at indicators like foot size and finger length to predict penis length which is hilarious uh it turns out not really much correlation but it's very <laughs> funny that they checked all that <laughs> Yeah, well, I find uh, I've talked about reading erotic stories, and they often talk about um, the size of the penis, and they get like these um, circumferences that are like six, twelve inches long, twelve inches. I'm saying, like, you know how big that would be? Do these people not actually think it through when they're talking about circumference and stuff? Because that's not length; that's how wide it is. No, no, no. Uh, circumference is the outer measurement. Okay, yeah, but still, six around. They'll do. I've seen six to twelve inches as the circumference of a penis. And I'm saying like, you know how huge that would have to be? Where I mean, are you going to put that sausage. thing? Yeah. Where are you going to put that thing? <laughs> but, because but, that will hurt a woman. Yeah, like, they, they write that into their erotic fiction though. And it's like, you don't understand what that is, do you? So the other thing is that, again, some, either one of these two articles had, had a section in there about women actually don't care, typically. Like we are not hung up on penis size. We do care if you're too damn big and it hurts though. That's what we care about. 
basically learn how to use it and please the woman and that's what matters right, right but- and penis insertive sex is not uh typically the way that women get off it's a clitoral orgasm right so right. you can imagine how this meme evolved perhaps i'm speculating here um perhaps men with larger penises were able to stimulate surrounding tissues right and so maybe women were uh having more pleasure because not because of the size but just because other stuff was getting stimulated maybe but here's the here's the problem is that if you have a six inch penis or a seven inch or eight inch and a four inch vagina how are you really supposed to get that close to the to the clitoris i mean that i mean you, well, no yeah exactly. yeah i maybe, mean yeah i don't know yeah that's a good point yeah i rescind my speculation <laughs> i mean here's the thing is that indirect maybe maybe there is more indirect clitoral stimulation in From your the scenario underside somehow yeah, I, don't, I don't know i don't know i mean it just seems to me that it's hard to reach the clitoris with the penis in the first place that it has more to do with the pelvis you know in, in being able to stimulate the clitoris right which is why you use a tongue I mean, you can yeah. you this can is why you use a tongue the clitoris yeah I, use your tongue can I just, this is such an aside, but my buddy might be listening to this, this buddy that I b- rode bikes with today. He made a joke today about being able to lick his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, that is almost over the line, even for me. That was pretty. But can you imagine? I bet. So, wait, wait, are you hanging out with Gene Simmons now? Yeah. I bet you, I bet you tongue length is more important than penis length. Well, I, 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 think, I think more important than tongue length would be tongue stamina. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. Uh, how uh, erect is your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> okay, how many guys just stuck their tongue out? <laughs> you cannot. I can touch the tip of my nose, but that's the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that because sometimes you're doing that for a little while and your tongue gets tired. <laughs> you can use other stuff though right the, oh, cool. the yeah. whole thing about being able to lick the eyebrows that has, that's actually an old joke by the way sure. I'm sure it is he didn't say a thing he just walked up to her and licked his eyebrows <laughs> I was just not prepared for it at 9 this morning yeah, that's awesome <laughs> you should have had him show you yeah prove it <laughs> next mm. time we ride man you have to show me that trick <laughs> All right. So your penis is fine, but should penis you vaccinate? Chill out. Yeah. Yep. I don't Wait, know. Are, are we going to listen to another celebrity tell us how to do things? We are. We're going to listen to another celebrity tell us that you should vaccinate your children. Of all things, Jimmy Kimball will not back down on this. He thinks that people should get vaccinated. It actually drives him nuts. That, that there's so much controversy about it. So much so that he got a bunch of doctors together to do a PSA. I am a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. And I believe in vaccinations. And I believe in vaccinations. If you don't vaccinate your kids, it can endanger their lives. The potential downsides of vaccinations are almost non-existent. The cumulative scientific and medical communities are in absolute full agreement that there is basically no reason not to vaccinate your kids. No reason. Which is why I cannot believe we have to make this PSA. (laughs) I thought we settled this in the 50s. Hey, remember that time you got polio? No, you don't, because your parents got you vaccinated. I did four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, and three years of pediatric residency. I had to go to school for eight years. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about. But you people still won't listen. Now I have to use my only day off to talk to you idiots about vaccines? I want to finish watching Breaking Bad. I'm only halfway through the second season. But instead, I've got to come here. Because you listened to some moron who read a forwarded email. Perfect. All these people had to set up cameras, lights, sound equipment, so that I could tell you to do something we've been doing for a century. Look at all these people. This is stupid. Get your kids vaccinated. Get your kids vaccinated. Get your kids vaccinated. Get your kids vaccinated or lose my number. Get your kids vaccinated, or these doctors may never find out that Walt dies at the end of Breaking Bad. Are you kidding me, dude? Paid for by professionals who know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, he doesn't expect you to listen to him. No. 
He expects you to listen to these doctors. <laughs> wow, what an idea. Yeah, exactly. So all this, so so almost every doctor in the world recommends vaccination, but yet Well, that's because they're all in the pocket of big pharma. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are the two? They're both peas, right? Yeah, so I did want to point people to this. I thought this was awesome that these doctors, the one that just gets, he's like, and he just gets so mad that he even has to do this PSA, (laughs) that this should be a settled issue. (laughs) That's a legitimate issue. He's like, we thought it was from the 50s. I don't know why you were talking about this. Yeah, and the uh, the other piece of this is, so we have this wonderful PSA about, you know, these doctors telling you, I like the one that says, do you remember that time that you got polio? No, you no. don't, because your parents got you fucking vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> what I love, too, is he goes on about Jenny McCarthy. And uh, oh, yeah. suddenly, since she has her clothes on, people are listening to her. And he said, because there are some parents who are more freaked out about gluten than smallpox. Yeah, exactly. That is so spot on. That is exactly yeah. it. Polio is gone. But <laughs> some people do not buy into that because they did a Google search and Jenny McCarthy popped up and she had clothes on. So they listened to what she had to say and decided not to vaccinate their kids. Yeah. I mean, all these things that because vaccination works, we don't have to worry about. I mean, oh, it was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So but the other piece of this was all of the tweets that he got from all from all the from all the anti-vaxxers. And so there's a second video on here that you guys should go watch. Yeah. I mean, he'd be getting all all these names and everything getting called. I mean, he just and he just uses it as fuel. And it's it was so brilliant. He uh, did a good great. job. Yeah. yeah so. Get your kids fucking vaccinated. Stop worrying about your penis. <laughs> that's right. Vaccinate your kids. There you go. Exactly. That's our message tonight. Yep. That's the take. There you go. Say good night, everybody. Good night. Good, good night, everybody. Night. Here in LA, there are schools in which 20% of the students aren't vaccinated because uh, parents here are more scared of gluten than they are of smallpox. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 License. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.